Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Well, happy Easter, everyone. Yes, it's good. So it's Easter Sunday. It's the the day in the Christian calendar when we remember Jesus rising from the dead. And I think probably for like over a thousand years on Easter Sunday, there's this this kind of call and response that Christians have been doing right across the world. Uh, And I want us to do it this morning. And basically what happens is the person at the front says, he is risen. Okay, referring to Jesus. I don't hope I need to spell that out. But yeah, he is risen. And then everyone else says in reply, he is risen indeed. Right? Now, I want to add something to this. All right? I'm going to add something to a thousand years of tradition. Okay? Yeah, I know that's weird. But I want us to just add a round of applause on the end of the he is risen. Okay? So I'm going to say he is risen. You're going to say he is risen indeed. And then we're all going to clap until our hands are red because it's Easter Sunday and this is a time of celebration. Are we good for that? Yes, awesome. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes. Just a little bit of warning. I might throw in like another impromptu. He is risen. So just so you know, you know the response. I, I, I have done this in the past where I've like not meant to say it. And then some people have just shouted that he is risen indeed. But uh, yeah. I'm going to do it again, so be ready, okay? Now, another little Easter tradition that um, I used to have when I was a youth worker uh, was each year in the youth center, I'd, I'd play this song every year at, at Easter. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song called Jesus is Alive by the American rapper Shia Lin. I don't know if you, if you know it, but the kids absolutely used to love this song. I mean, like proper moody teenagers, like who never liked anything would get properly into this song. Kids who were atheists, kids who were agnostic, kids who just didn't like Christianity at all would be singing along to this song. I, I'd go in and do like lunchtime clubs in, in like sec- high schools and stuff. And I'd have kids shouting across the playground at me like the lyrics from this song. And when you hear the lyrics from this song, you realize, wow, that's a big thing, okay? So I just wanna, I just wanna, we're gonna play just about a minute of this, of this song just to start our service this morning. Just because I think for me, it always, the words just always hit me with a magnitude of Easter. So over to the tech guys, let's play. Hold him, his scepter is golden, he must have been hot and slippery because death couldn't hold him. 
The spotlight is on today's icons. In a thousand years, nobody will care that light's gone. But at that time, Christ will still shine bright. He's not in the limelight, he is the limelight. Criminal minded, you've been blinded. Looking for the body of Jesus, you won't find it. We never lack spirit, letting you patch it. Because it's too exempty like more secular rap lyrics. Plato is dead, Socrates is dead. So basically, that's a song we used to play at our youth centre. And honestly, I used to have kids coming across the playground just screaming at me, Andy, Jesus is alive! You know, because of the song. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was interesting. The kids really get into it and, and used to love, love singing this song. And um, I remember one time uh, doing it in a lunchtime club, uh, like a Christian lunchtime club in school. And the kids, they would sing along to it, but they could never remember the names of the people. So all they'd chant would they just go, Dead! Dead, 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 dead. Jesus is alive. And I remember nipping out to the toilet and coming back, like walking along this deserted corridor at lunchtime in school. And all I can hear is this chanting the whole way down the corridor, going, dead, dead, dead. Jesus, I thought, of oh, a teacher here is, I'm in trouble. But anyway, kids used to love this. And, and to be honest with you, I, there was something in this, this song. Every time I heard it, every time at Easter, it really did something inside of me. Just that contrast of like all these famous significant people are dead, but Jesus is alive. You know, you can go lay flowers at the graves of all these people, but you can't lay flowers at the grave of Jesus because he has no grave because he's alive. He has risen from the dead. Amen? Amen. Yes. So I just, there's something of this song that almost like, you know, at Easter, sometimes you can be a little bit like, yeah, I've heard it all before. Yes, Jesus has risen. This song for me always just kicked me out of the familiarity and just reminded me of just the magnitude of what he did. This was the biggest event that ever occurred in the history of the world. And, and that's what I want us to see this morning, how Jesus rising from the dead changed everything. It changed everything. Now, I'm sure we're all familiar with the story. Early on Easter Sunday, uh, Mary goes to the empty tomb. Uh, she thinks someone's stolen the body. She goes, tells Peter and John. They run to the tomb, see the grave clothes. They're still there, but Jesus is gone. And, and then they go away. And Mary's just standing outside the tomb, crying her eyes out. She thinks it's someone's stolen the body. And then Jesus appears to her. She's like, wow, you know, Lord, you're here. You're alive. Everything. She, you know, Jesus says, right, go tell the disciples. She runs off. She tells the disciples. I think, what must they have been thinking? You know, Mary says he's alive. What? What's going on? But then that evening, we read in John uh, chapter 20, verse 19, when the disciples were together with the, the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I mean, they must have been completely shocked at this. Then verse 20 says, after this, he said, after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. We don't quite know where he was, but he wasn't there. So the other disciples told him, hey, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again with, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Again, peace. 
be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those, talking about us, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus rises from the dead, appears to Mary, appears to the disciples. We read later in the Bible, he appears to 500 other people after rising from the dead. And this changed everything. Okay, this changed defeat into victory. It, it turned failure into triumph. And it, and it turned what looked like was the end into something that was just the beginning. And this morning, I want to look at some of the changes that came about through Jesus rising from the dead. First thing I want us to see this morning is Jesus rising from the dead changed doubt to belief. It changed doubt to belief. And I think probably a lot of us can maybe empathize with Thomas. You know, Thomas, he wasn't around the first time Jesus appeared and he has doubts. He's like, yeah, I know all you guys saw him, but I did not see him. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. But when he does meet Jesus, his doubting is transformed into belief. He touches those nail marks. Imagine what that must have been like, you know, to put your fingers in those nail marks and then Jesus side. And when he does this, he says, my Lord and my God, the doubts are turned into belief. And, and we know from church history that Thomas, Thomas's life was transformed. He goes on to devote the rest of his life to telling people about the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead, spreading the gospel to thousands of people. We believe he was even the one who took the gospel to India for the first time. That's how far he went from Israel. And I love in, uh, in Corinthians when, when the Apostle Paul says, look, Jesus has risen. If you don't believe me, he appeared to 500 people. Loads of them are still alive. You know, go ask them, you know, go ask the guy who lives down the street there on the right, knock on his door, say, do you see Jesus? Said, yeah, so I might talk to him. Well, we had a chat. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, talk to these people. I, I love when Paul's just like, yeah, don't believe me. There's people still there. Now, obviously that's different for us now, but like I can remember for me, whenever like I realized, wow, the resurrection, this, this happened. I remember it was, I was 17. I mean, I've shared this story before. Someone came to do a talk at our youth group and it was, it was about who rolled the stone. It was about the evidence, looking at the evidence surrounding Jesus rising uh, from the dead. And then um, I remember listening to that and there, this, this, this guy, he was actually a barrister by profession, but a Christian barrister. And he just layered up the evidence more and more and more. I remember sitting there thinking, at the end of the talk, thinking, this is true. Like, this happened. I mean, he really rose. And, it, and it, it, for me, it turned doubt to belief. I didn't get to put my fingers into, into, into nail marks, but I still believed just the same. And it changed everything for me. It changed my life. I would not be standing here right now if that had not happened. Okay, Jesus rising from the dead changes doubt to belief. I'm sure everybody here, you've got stories similar to that. Jesus rising from the dead changes doubt to belief. Secondly, Jesus rising from the dead changes sadness to joy. Okay, it changes sadness to joy. Easter Sunday morning, Mary is crying her eyes out outside this empty tomb. Just like, what's going on? What has happened? But then that evening, read verse 20, the disciples are overjoyed. Okay, why? Because they've realized he's risen. He's standing there in the flesh talking to them. Yeah. 
I remember we, were, we had our Alpha course uh, there a few weeks ago. And there's, one of the videos has this um, video clip of a, of a gangster. Basically a guy who was in a gang, did a lot of terrible things, and became a Christian. And uh, it's really interesting because he talks about what he was, like what he did and how he treated people. And, and he, he starts to cry, thinking about what he was, how he treated people, how horrible he was to people. And then he talks about becoming a Christian, realizing Jesus died on the cross for his sins and rose again. And, and you can just see his demeanor lift. He talks with joy. There's smile. You know, there's, there's tears of joy. It, it, it's a complete transformation. Jesus rising from the dead changes sadness to joy. Thirdly, Jesus rising from the dead changes fear into boldness. Jesus rising from the dead changes fear into boldness. You know, the disciples, you know, when we, this passage you read, they're, they're hiding together with the doors locked. Okay, they're terrified. Like they're thinking, oh gosh, these guys, they've got Jesus. They're probably coming for us next. I mean, we just got to stay alive here. This is a bad situation. But then Jesus rises and appears to them and tells them, come on guys, get those doors unlocked. You go out in the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to make disciples of all nations. And these, these are guys, think, these are guys who have never left Israel, okay? They have no passports. They didn't need one. They had never left, left Israel. These are country bumpkins, not much education. But when Jesus says, right, you go make disciples of all nations, they're like, okay. And they go. Why? Because they knew this was Jesus asking. And if he can rise from the dead, then anything is possible. If he can rise from the dead, then of course he can use a bunch of uneducated country bumpkins to spread the gospel across the world. And that is exactly what happens. We see them go to Pentecost, preach powerfully, people get saved, spread the gospel across the world for the rest of their lives. And you know, for me, whenever I, I, I heard that talk when I was 17, I realized that Jesus has risen from the dead. That instilled in me like a, a boldness and a confidence that I didn't have before. It gave me this courage to share my faith really boldly when I went to university not long, long afterwards. And I did. And that's what the resurrection, Jesus rising from the dead, does. It changes fear into boldness. Changes fear to boldness. And fourthly, Jesus rising from the dead changes comfortable lives into missional lives. Now you might be thinking, oh, I'm not sure I like the sound of this point. I comfortable life sounds good to me. It does, absolutely. And I, honestly, I've been mulling over what to say on this point. I'm not quite sure. I've got a bunch of notes here. Some of them crossed out. Some of them, I, I don't know. I mean, like when you think of the disciples, like Jesus had died. The disciples were probably planning on going back to their day jobs. You know, their comfortable lives in Galilee, fishermen, whatever it was. And then Jesus rises and then their comfortable lives are transformed into missional lives. And they all go out and devote their lives to sharing the good news. And, and church history actually tells us that every single one of the disciples, bar one, was killed sharing the gospel. They were all killed sharing the gospel. This is how much they believed in this. This is how much they were committed to this. Okay, so their comfortable lives were transformed into missional lives. Now, it's not that they never, like, had comfort again. It's not that they ever, you know, had to sit down and just put their feet up or anything like that. But comfort wasn't, like, the be-all and end-all for them anymore. It was mission. The mission of God was the most important thing. 
And I think, like, this point is very important for us in the world we live in. I mean, comfort, having all the stuff we want, having all the nice things we want, being able to put our feet up in the... Like, this is the God of our age. I mean, this is what people live for. I mean, we've even, in England, we even have an expression that basically says this. Have you ever heard of the expression, an Englishman's home is his castle? Have you ever heard of that? I mean, it's basically saying we idolize our homes in a nice way. Isn't it? That's what we... Comfort is such a big thing for us. And so often our decisions are based on what's going to bring the most comfort. What's going to be easiest for me what's going to be nicest for me the things we pray for are often based on that premise and you know there's nothing wrong with comfort there's nothing wrong with all that kind of stuff but we need to be like hey we're about the mission of God first and foremost that's the thing we're about just like with the disciples and and you know for me I've um over lockdown you, you know over lockdown you get a lot of time to look at the four walls of your house you know, I'll tell you something about the four walls of our house. Whoever plastered them, I don't know. I mean, there's like speed bumps on it. You know, it's, it's like there's no, there's no smooth walls. And, you know, so I'm like, and I started thinking, oh, I'd love to get, the, you know, all these things done and change it. And, I, and over lockdown, more time, more money, you're not spending anything else. Started to get loads of things done in our house. And I started to enjoy it and think this is really nice. And then I'm starting to daydream about what we're going to do next and this and that and the other. And I think, you know, a few weeks ago, I just caught myself and I thought, Andy, have you made like sorting out your house, comfort, all that kind of stuff. Have you made that your thing? Like, has that become more important in your life than it should be? And and as we started this whole mission series and really kind of refocused back on Jesus and his death on the cross and the importance of getting that message out, I was like, yeah, I think I have. And, and the mission series has really helped to reorientate me back towards living a missional life and being like, no, I, you know, that stuff is fine. We're going to keep doing that. But this is the focus. This is the main thing. The kingdom of God spreading. And that's what we're about. So there we go. I wasn't quite sure what to say, but I said quite a lot on that. So uh, yeah, that's what happens when you don't have many notes and something. You end up talking longer. So um, yeah. Anyway, so Jesus rising from the dead, it changes comfortable lives into missional lives. And that's a challenge for us all, I think. And fifthly and finally, I know, five-point sermon. You're in for a treat today. Fifthly and finally, Jesus, Jesus rising from the dead changes hopelessness into hope. Hopelessness into hope. So like, the disciples, they looked pretty hopeless after Jesus' death. I mean, they were hiding in a locked room for fear of their lives. Like, everything they'd done over the last three years seemed to be for nothing now that Jesus had been killed. It was, it was like it was over. It was all done. We're like, what do we do now? Like, this is, it was fun for three years, but where do we go now? But Jesus rising from the dead changed everything. Changed everything. It, it proved he had defeated sin and death once and for all. It proved he was who he said he was, the saviour of the world, the Messiah. The one who could save us from our sins and offer us life, eternal life. Jesus rising from the dead changed everything. It changed these, these scared, sad, hopeless followers of Jesus into confident, joyful, spirit-filled missional people who had a renewed sense of meaning and purpose in life. You know, I remember having a, a conversation with one of my Christian mates at uni. I think we just played football or something. We're sitting in his living room, dirty knees, having a cup of tea. 
I don't know what it is after you've had a game of football. You just, you just you kind of put the world to rights and you think about stuff. And we just start chatting about stuff. And he says to me, Andy, Andy, like, how do you live when you're not a Christian? Like, how does that work? And he's, he's not like being all like, you know, pious, I'm a Christian or whatever. But he's genuinely asking. Uh, he's like, like if, you, if you just think there's nothing after life, like you die and you rot. Like, if you've no hope of anything after, if, you know, you don't have any meaning and purpose in that sense and, like, belief in an afterlife and God and all that, like, how do you live? Like, how do you do that? How does people do that? Like, what do you think, Andy? And I was like, uh, well, I don't know. And that was my kind of philosophical, you know, sage <laughs> answer to him. Don't know, really. Uh, and, we, and we kind of thought through it, but like it was genuinely wanting to know, like if you don't have that hope and that meaning and purpose and that, that assurance of something after, like how do you live? How do you keep going in life? And I was reading uh, recently um, the, the American pastor, Timothy Keller. He, he says a really interesting thing. He says that for non-Christians, you get peace and, and, and joy in a sense by not thinking about things, by putting the things to the back of your mind, by thinking, you know, okay, if I die, I'm just going to rot. Let's just not think about that. Okay, let's eat, drink, be merry. Let's just, let's get drunk. Whatever it takes is not think about that. It says, you get a sense of peace by not thinking about stuff. Okay, a sense of peace, not genuine, true peace, but a sense of peace. But he says with Christians, it's the complete opposite. Christians get real peace by thinking about this stuff, by mulling it over, by going like, yes. Jesus died. Yes, he rose. Yes, he's going to take me to be with him. Yes, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven after this life ends. And he says, the more you mull over that and think about that and let that seep into your soul, the more that gives you peace and joy and hope. So Timothy Keller pretty much says, if you're an unchristian, you get peace by not thinking. If you're a Christian, you get peace by thinking. That's his kind of summary. And I, 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 I'm kind of explaining that. I'm summarizing what he said, but I was like, yeah, so I want to encourage us this Easter, take some time, if you can, and just think about what God has done. Just mull over it and let it seep into your soul. See, Jesus rising from the dead gives the disciples hope, and it gives us hope too. Hope of a future spent with him. I love the two verses that come after the passage that I just read. Love these verses, right? It's the Apostle John finishing his book and he tells us the reason why he wrote the book. He says this, he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. He's like, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff, but I couldn't fit it in, to be honest. So um, and then he says, but the ones I have put in are written that you may believe. That's why I've written this book, that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his Name. So John's saying the purpose of this book is to believe and to have life in his name, eternal life with him. I read, uh, I don't know if you've read it, anyone read C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce? A few of us have read that, uh, that book. I read that over the summer and, and in it C.S. Lewis describes what he thinks heaven might be like. And he said, look, I, I, don't, I don't have any evidence for this, I'm just describing what I think heaven might be like. And you know, if his description is even close to reality, heaven will be more real and more beautiful and more fulfilling than anything 
anything we can imagine. Words won't be able to describe how amazing it will be. And Jesus says to his followers, I'm going to take you there to be with me when this life ends. I love those verses in John 14, where Jesus says, look, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, what I've told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know, Jesus, he's prepared a place for that. Isn't that great? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. Love a bit of audience participation. Even in COVID times, we can still do it. Mm Mm-hmm. It is great. You know, he is going to come and take us to be with him. What amazing hope and assurance we have. You know, just as I finish, this this last year has been... uh, this last year as a society with the whole pandemic we've been more confronted by by death than we we have ever been for many years you know this last year we've been confronted much more with our own finality with the the fact that life is short and fleeting and and how we're all going to die one day you know that's that's what's happened this year but jesus rising from the dead reminds us that death isn't the end death isn't the end this life is not all there is Jesus has risen from the dead. And for those of us who trust in him, he promises to raise us to life again too. And that changes everything. It changes everything. It changes doubt into belief. It changes sadness into joy. It changes fear into boldness. It changes comfortable lives into missional lives. And it changes hopelessness into hope. You know, uh, about a year and a half ago, one of the leaders at our church here, uh, Tunde, great guy, he, he died uh, very suddenly at the age of, age of 36. And it was a really sad time for us uh, at church. But it was sad, but it was not hopeless. You know, even in the sadness, even as we, as we cried together and mourned together, even in that there was hope. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead and he promises to raise us, his, his followers, and Tunde was one of those, from the dead to after this life. Death is not the end. Why? Because our Savior has beaten it, and that means we can too. Death is not the end. You know, uh, one of Max's storybooks, we've got a shelf full of storybooks in, in, our, in our living room. One of them is a storybook called Goodbye to Goodbyes. Goodbye to goodbyes. And it's the story of Jesus raising Lazarus back to life. And in it, the book says, you know, often in life, we have to say goodbyes, painful goodbyes, when someone has to go away for a long time or when someone dies. But Jesus has came, the book says, to say goodbye to goodbyes for good. Through Jesus, we get to go to a place where there will be no more painful goodbyes Ever Through Jesus, one day we get to say goodbye to goodbyes for good. And this is what it's all about. This has all come about because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Yes. So happy Easter, everyone. I have one final thing to say. You may have an inkling what it is. And I need you to do something in response to this one thing. You may have an inkling what that thing is. If Anusha's put something up behind me. Not yet, but it will come. All right. Are we ready? Let's stand, actually. Let's do this standing up. Are you ready? 
This side are ready? Yeah. Give me a nod. Rich is ready. Joe's not. Okay, it's fine. Are we ready on this side? Okay. Let me just remember what I'm saying here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Woo! Yes.